Hello, everyone. Before we jump into today's conversation, Rick and I just wanted to let you know that December 2nd, this upcoming Thursday, the first day of the first ever Coaches Road Conference will be live uh, from 4 p.m. until 7.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern European time. The registration link can be found down in the show notes of today's episode and also on our website. So make sure you go check that out and join us to hear about uh, hear from some fantastic speakers from around the world. Uh, this upcoming Thursday is athlete development, and then the following two Thursdays are team development and coach development, respectively. Uh, and another podcasting note, the next three episodes following this one today with Johnny will be just reflections on the previous conference day. So a little bit shorter episodes, we're going to have some students joining us that were there in the room, and we're just going to break down, you know, just some key learnings from the day and, and everything like that. Uh, that'll, that'll help us with our workload for the next three weeks and everything like that. So hopefully everybody understands and, and those episodes are, are enjoyable for you guys as well. And all right, let's kick it over to Johnny. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we welcome on Johnny McMurtry from Coaching the Coaches. Uh, you can check out his website, coachingthecoaches.net. Uh, he's got a great blog there and all the other podcast episodes he's been on. But we are very excited to have Johnny on today. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, just his background and, and the idea behind coaching the coaches. But then we dive into his, his recent research project uh, where he was trying to find you know, just the reason behind why athletes are in, involved in their sports. Uh, and we, we, we talk about his research with the rugby union teams and, and how you know, the, the athletes are, are motivated by their strivings and everything like that. So a really interesting conversation, and, and I think it's a really important topic and, and really helpful for coaches to, to really understand their athletes as a, as a whole human being, kind of going back to our uh, conversation with, with Alpo Suhunen a few weeks ago. So really interesting, and, and, and hopefully everybody enjoys. Well, yeah, I think 100% the same, and I also would like to add that I think overall the coaching the coaches is an excellent resource because um, all, everything what he's providing, same we do, I think everything is for free. Um, so that's that's really cool because um, there are a ton of blogs and he has done a lot of research. So I thought it was really good that we actually could chat with him a little about his motivation for coaching the coaches, how everything started. And then essentially, as you said, that we had the possibility to dive into his research and we touch on personal striving and maybe some some of the information we have been discussing a little bit in depth, but still it was um, super interesting to get a totally different perspective on it. And it was also really cool that we had uh, someone on who works with athletes from a lot of different sports background because he's working with uh, rugby, with the rugby union, he's working with AFL and he's also working with some swimming coaches. So AFL is Australian football for those who are not who do not know 100%. But yeah, again, this was a very, very cool conversation about overall the personal strivings of each individual and how do we actually can increase their intrinsic motivation. So let's not waste any time and let's head over to Johnny McMurchery from the from Coaches to Coaches. Right, so now we'd like to welcome on Johnny McMurtry from Coaching the Coaches. Uh, Johnny, how are you doing today? And, and thanks for joining us. Great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's 
it's exciting to talk to you. I, we've we've followed you on Twitter for a little bit and and been able cool. to check out a, a couple of your blogs. But you know, before we jump into your research and everything like that today, uh, can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself uh, and kind of how you got into the coaching world and, and where you are today? Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll start from where I am now. So, um, like you talked about there, I'm I'm, I'm finished currently finishing off a research project in conjunction with uh, University of Queensland Rugby Australia. Um, so what I am researching is I work with uh, all the Super Rugby franchises, all the professional teams within Australia, uh, and we look at their academy programs. Uh, and what we wanted to investigate was why these fellas um, are involved in the sport. You know, I mean, what motivates them both on and off the field, just to try and paint a better picture, a better understanding of what motivates you know players this age. Um, part of the reason I I, uh, I entered into this research project is like my son, who's now 19, he actually dropped out of rugby twice. And again, it was around this idea of um, just, just a, a, a misunderstanding between coach and athlete, to call it that. Um, again, what, what the coach was pushing was just not in, you know, I mean, attuned to what he was trying to get from the sport. So that's what started this question. Like I've, I've been fortunate to be involved with um, the high performance programs, age grade programs within Australian rugby for about 10 years, uh, coached around clubs and whatever. And this, there was this um, constant sort of dropout or constant problem where kids were hitting the age of, you know, say 16, 17, coming towards the end of school in Australia. Um, and then all of a sudden we've seen this massive uh, dropout rate, you know, from fellas when they exit school to going into, into senior rugby. Um, so that's where it was really, it was really cool and uh, really fortunate to have Rugby Australia interested and on board to, to actually look at, you know, well, what, what are these 17 to 20 year old players? What are they actually motivated by? What are they interested in? You know, what are they trying to achieve within rugby? What, you know, pricks their interests away from rugby? So, so it was this idea of trying to, gather and gain a better understanding of yeah just why these fellas are involved in the sport so so hopefully added something to um to their ideas and frameworks and yeah hopefully looking to extend this research starting again next year because plenty plenty of questions unanswered sadly but that's that's the common common theme in a lot of research so so yeah 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 but i think that's you know that's one of the beauties of research is, is finding out something new and then finding out something interesting and, and very useful so a little bit of background now, maybe about coaching the coaches, because it's a it's a it's a blog on the website. I mean, you have a website for the blog and everything like that. But can you just give us a little bit of background about what that is and and why you started that and and, and kind of what it's become now? Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for saying it's a useful resource. Look, it's I started it about five years ago when I started uh, my grad dip in sports coaching. Um, just before I started this current research project, so it says about five or six years ago. Um, I, like all coaches, you know, I mean, I was just reading a lot, finding a lot of information. And again, just wanted to share some ideas. Um, you know, I just wanted to apply it to, you know, I mean, certain things that might be happening within rugby union that started off with, but then I started to look at other sports and, and just looking at different you know, threads of research or, or, or some, some findings within, you know, I mean, some, some interesting papers I might find, but yeah, that, it, it just started off with realistic. I, I just wanted to share some ideas and gather a bit of interest. I didn't, you know, I, mean, I in no stretch of the imagination thought it would, you know, I mean, interest or, or everyone would agree with what I'm saying, but it was just to try and get some ideas you know, on a page. You know, I mean, trying to actually help my um, it, part of it as well was, to be honest with you, is trying to uh, get some more fluency in my writing. Uh, just trying to for a big research project or, or you know, I mean, the, the type of research project that I'm doing and want to continue to do. It's, you know, I mean, sadly, there is certain um, a flow in writing that you need to try and achieve. So there was part of that within it as well. But 
but realistically, yeah, it was just looking at, you know, what, what's some common themes, common ideas, what's happening within sport, you know, I mean, with a range of different sports and, and how can we, uh, again, just, just trying to raise some awareness about some of the ideas that um, I'm finding from my research or other research, which is, you know, I mean, particularly interesting or, or, or certain areas of reading and just, just trying to apply it to some sport, again, trying to bridge that gap because, yeah, there, there is, sometimes there's an element of that with, with grassroots coaches, you know, I mean, age great coaches where you can talk to and potentially about some research and and some really good coaches are are you know i mean unconsciously applying some of the ideas from you know i mean uh some from good coaching practices or or some research areas unknowingly so so it's it's trying to almost link that and bridge that gap where you know, it, you know do you actually know or could you know if you adjusted things slightly and the research actually tells you just just ways to hopefully give you know, some coaches uh, some different ideas, better ideas, or just, you know, a bit of reflective practice for some coaches out there. So, so yeah, that, that was the idea for the blog. So, yeah. Well, what is, but overall, what is really cool about your webpage, because you have, you have the blog and there are a lot of different topics uh, hmm. you have been investigating in. And I think it would take a lot of time just to talk about all the blogs <laughs> you have been posting, yeah. but and then, but then also you still have the Twitter feed uh, and you also have the podcast. So there are a lot of other processes going on at the same time. And I think we can talk a little bit later about the podcast as well, because I think it's a really, it's a really cool combination of um, blog research based articles and then also or articles in general and then the podcast itself. But speaking about research, um, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the athletes drivings. So first mm -hmm. of all, could you describe that? Um, what kind of different strivings exist for athletes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so like, yeah, so strivings really are um, the best way. And my wife hits, you know, it's been about five years now. So she hits the word personal strivings in our house. So it was trying to describe it. It's almost uh, the best way to describe personal strivings is they're like, um, uh, ritualistic responses so they're they're what you're trying to achieve you know what you're uh, typically trying to achieve on a daily or regular basis um so they're activated in response to everyday demand so it takes in a bit of context of time and environment um and again it's it's not actually determined by the success of what you're doing it's it's really just what you're trying to do so an athlete might describe i'm yeah you know, the questions for the athletes that i put forward as well as you know i'm typically trying to you know, I mean, be a, a, a healthy, a healthy athlete. I'm typically trying to, you know, I mean, eat healthily on a regular basis or, or put in high effort. So it's not necessarily measured by the outcome. It's, it's really what they're trying to do or what they're, what emotions or behaviors they show in trying to achieve certain goals. Um, so it's really interesting, like strivings are, are, are broader or, or more stable than say specific goals. So the, they're the, the, the behaviors that you'll try and achieve towards a, you know, a, a possible uh, bigger goal, if that makes sense. Um, and again, it, it actually ties in a bit. So part of the interest, and again, I was, I've got some really good advisors in Cliff Mallet and Stephen Wren at the University of Queensland, and, and Cliff's done a bit of work around the idea, some of McAdams' work, where um, which takes in these these three sort of stages of personality development. And for me, this this middle stage of personal strivings, um, again, all of a sudden you become this motivated agent. You have a bit of choice. Um, you have a bit of. Um, uh, almost variability you, you, into your life and, and again you, you've, you've almost stepped out of your zone and you're trying to 
understand where you fit you know what i mean just outside the scope of your family so so um it's just trying to understand where you know i mean through through these motivated actions where you actually fit or or, or what groups you can see yourself fitting within or, or trying to achieve so the, you know strivings really are the reflection of these personal investments of you know i mean what is available to you and it's actually putting your traits that you develop you know i mean much younger into actual action so so yeah so hopefully that gives a bit of an overview so yeah, I def- uh, it provides us it provides us with a very comprehensive overview, I would say. But cool. you have mentioned that you have described now in depth the personal striving, what it actually means. Mm-hmm. And but you mentioned mm-hmm. there are also two other um, elements. Um, could you yes. dive into those also a little bit? Because I think we both don't know what they are. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so personal strivings is that middle sort of. Uh, yeah. It's part of the characteristic adaptations. Um, so that's that middle thread or middle strand of your personality development. So, so personality development, which is really um, written heavily on by the likes of Dan McAdams or, or uh, Jefferson Singer as an example, um, they look at where, so up until about the age of eight years old, so from birth until about eight years old, you develop traits. So again, that's that's what you'll pick up on. That's your habitual um actions or behaviors or movements based on the environments really that you're offered and, and direct, you know, your family contact. And say from the, that age of eight, um, then that's when we step into the, the characteristic adaptations and that's where personal striving sit within. So these are, all of a sudden you have choice. You know, this is when you act as a motivated agent. This is when you, as I say, you put your traits into action. Um, this is when you, you know, I mean, you decide or act in a certain way, you see yourself as a certain type of person um, and you'll, you know, construct your, how you fit within society or how you structure your, your, you know, your daily life or daily, you know, actions based on, you know, what you're offered as well as what you already have from your traits. And then in turn, so when you enter into adulthood, so from say the age of 20, then all of a sudden you start to build and develop this um, third layer of personality, which is um, what's, what's called as a life story. So all of a sudden you'll um, reflect on, uh, you'll have almost these key life moments, which will allow you to f- reflect on and, and you'll build a story, a life narrative of um, what you do, how you should do something or how you you know reflect on something based on these major life events if that makes sense um so yeah that that's that's where these three stages or three layers of personality developments come from so so yeah yeah that's really interesting and i think that's a whole that's a whole nother episode just by itself this idea of personality <laughs> development and, and and everything like that so going back to that the middle piece the personal strivings and and you said mm-hmm. it's between around the ages eight to, to 20 is that fair to say yeah yeah yep, that'd be right yep so how how then does that look in sports how does the the personal strivings look like for the rugby union um players that you researched and everything like that so how does that kind of apply into the the sports world look i th- i think uh, i'll offer my opinion on it first and then i'll offer some detail around what, what we found in the research look for me the idea of characteristic adaptations or, or how um under for coaches to understand what is important to athletes and and how they respond to 
uh, you know, what, what behaviors they show or emotions they show based on what they're offered from an environment is really, you know, I mean, it, it's possibly when we talk about this personality development, it's probably the only real area that, you know, I mean, uh, a coach can have some influence or impact on when we look at, you know, when we look at athletes. So, yeah, you know, an athlete will come to them with certain traits, as I say, that's developed really quite tightly around their environment and their family, you know, I mean, when they're young. And then the life stories take a much bigger sort of uh, view. And there is a lot of research looking at, you know, athletes with their life stories. But the idea of these characteristic adaptations, you know, you look at, you know, certain other research types and, and, and coaching methods out there. If we adjust the environment or if we offer athletes certain, you know, certain types of behaviors or certain type of language or, or, or you know, I mean, these ideas of autonomy or competency relatedness as an example, that then they'll respond slightly differently. So again, understanding what's important to them, understanding what they're motivated by both you know i mean on obviously on the pitch or uh, on the track or whatever it might be and then also away from um from the sporting atmosphere you know as again it's critically important we talk about um the the importance of connection you know i mean as a coach so having these understandings or having a, a better understanding of what you know uh, um type of behaviors or what uh, emotions are you know, uh, an athlete will show based on their what they're trying to achieve on a typical basis or, or, or within this certain context of time is really impactful or potentially impactful as a coach because yeah, you can certainly start to offer um, them different uh, training styles or different type of communication based on you know, understanding how better they respond. So, so for the example of my research, uh, we we researched with these fellas as I say seventeen to twenty years old, and and we actually took their strivings from two different stages in the season. So we took it from the what we called the high performance stage, where they were in uh, a highly competitive stage against all the other franchises across Australia, and then we did it later on in the season where they've actually turned to you know, community sport or club rugby as an example. And it was interesting to see when they stepped into sport uh, at both stages, it was very much a, um, they've got this achievement focus, you know, I mean, very much an individualized achievement focus as well. So there wasn't a lot of talk of this collective focus or, or winning flags, winning trophies, even winning games as an example. It was just actually them, what was consistent right through was just them trying to be a better rugby player for this example, or just them trying to be a better athlete. Um yeah, and then when they step away from sport, uh, you know, they, they've still got this drive. They've still got this uh, focus on personal growth, where they just want to be this uh, essentially a better person. So it's always this idea of, you know, I mean, they're trying to essentially build themselves up, trying to become this better player. And I guess potentially as coaches, we lose focus of this. You know, I mean, we we think that achievement is, you know, the winning of flags, winning of matches, or whatever. But Again, if we are more tuned to what the players are motivated by or interested in, yeah. Again, again what's what's their individual uh, sense of uh, achievement in themselves, then we could obviously prescribe a, you know, I mean, a much more wholesome environment for them. Um, an interesting thread for for coaches as well in the high performance season, the coaches were seen as there was there was not much talk of relationships as well the coaches were seen heavily as a resource so um there was a lot of um they were coded as affiliation striving so there was certainly an element of um acknowledgement recognition for the coach as uh, as an impactful person or someone in in a, in a position of not even necessarily power but importance um but there wasn't this sense of deep connection that 
you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys would recognize him. We all talk about is is critically important for yeah, you know, potentially keeping athletes involved in sport longer. If we if we develop the sense of connection, then all of a sudden we've got greater buy-in from from the athletes, and we're more attuned to you know why they're involved in the sport. For an example, so so yeah, that was interesting to to offer back. So and and possibly one of the other threads, which which sort of I contradict myself on a bit. There was there wasn't much talk of um, uh, looking through the strivings that were offered from these players. There wasn't a lot of talk of fun or enjoyment in their language that they offered, particularly obviously within the sport. Um, but then comparing it against some other research out there, like Amanda Vizek's work, which you can tell us probably come across where it talks of that framework of fun. Um, a lot of their strivings actually tied into some of her research. You know, it was this idea of trying hard, positive coaching, learning and improving, which actually folded in really neatly for me um, with some of the strivings that these fellas offered. So you know, given a bit of context and a bit of understanding, it, we could potentially say that, you know, these fellas were having fun from this idea of high effort and um, you know, this trying hard and, and they were actually pushing themselves to learn and improve. So, yeah, it was, it was you know, I mean, super interesting to get these type of things. So, but yeah, so again, coming back to your question, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, the idea of understanding these characteristic, characteristic adaptations or personal strivings for this is, 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 in, is potentially really important for coaches and something that's possibly underestimated because, again, if we're, we're more attuned or more aware to what these, you know, I mean, fellas, you know, guys or girls involved in sport um, are interested or motivated in both on and off the field, then we can hopefully create this sense of connection and hopefully have these guys involved for sport for much longer. So, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really that's really the key. And and, and now I kind of wanted to take a second and, and step back and, and ask you like how how were you collecting this information? And and I think that's the the reason I'm asking that is because as a coach, you know, every every um, you're with the athletes every day and everything like that. How how do you get this information from your athletes? And is, do you see a parallel between like the way you collected the information for your your research and and how coaches can potentially collect this information from their athletes um that's a great question because yeah look um some of the limitations actually created quite a novel data collection and a novel element of the research so so one of the requests of rugby australia was because it was quite a a short high performance section of the season they didn't want too much interruption for the for the athletes um so this was actually all so this is one of the first uh, well it's the first um research project that we know of where personal strivings have been collected digitally uh, or remotely, um, which is initially, and in hindsight, um, was slightly frustrating because you we lost a bit of the nuance around it. We lost a bit of the context around it. Um, we got some really strong themes, some really strong um, um, data collections from, so we could get a, a good feeling of the overall group and even, um, you know, different ethnicities and different ages of players within it, but it lost just a bit of that. Um, yeah, it just lost a bit of depth. You know, what I mean, All, uh, like if we were if we were doing it with, um, you know, say it was only a much smaller cohort and we wanted a, a much more in depth analysis of certain individuals, um, this possibly wouldn't be the way to go. But for what you're saying, like for, to to really grab hold of, you know, if you're a coach and 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 you know, depending on the size of your squads, it could be anywhere between say 15 to 30 players, to really grab an overall theme of of your cohort as a whole 
it yeah look i i think it could be really powerful and impactful because all of a sudden you can get all right you know i mean there's certain language used there's certain themes used there you know they're attracted again for this cohort they're they've re- got this real individualized focus so i can i can almost park the idea of this collective push or collective um focus if that makes sense and I'm, i can really you know almost double click into spend a bit more time getting to know the, the the athletes as individuals and and being aware of what's important to them and and allowing them to to, to fish and really push on their own goals if that makes sense so so look yeah hopefully look at, you know i mean i'd love to share if there's anyone listening who's interested in this type of framework you know i mean happy to have you know reach out and share ideas and whatever but yeah i guess the the, the beauty of this research and and the and the crutch of it to be honest with you was the fact it was all done digitally and remotely so so possibly lacked a bit of depth but quite comprehensively and quite easily gathered a real um over a good overall view of of what what was motivating these athletes so well especially because now you are talking about that there's something that helps athletes to achieve their individual goals and i think that's also again related to what you have been mentioning previously that this is about narrowing down the individual motivation and then actually Mm -hmm. help everyone but as coaches one of our main priority task is to create a motivational climate that benefits everyone so what is the like what is the right equation for creating a motivational climate that is that increases motivation inside the entire group but at the same time that benefits each individual hmm. That's a million dollar question really isn't it um yeah <laughs> yes. Try, trying trying to get that right at the end of the day there's and, and again this is it's it's hard you know I mean, this is where I, st- I talk to a lot of coaches about this it's it's, yeah. it's getting this juggle right it is really hard you know what i mean because as you said we do we do deal with team environments and there's you know i mean it's there's uh, a lot of you know and again especially with the you know, athletes this age all of a sudden there's like we're saying and this is part of the reason i wanted to investigate this and continue to investigate this at the age of athlete all of a sudden they they stepped out of a school environment where it's quite prescribed and rigid and, and you know i mean s- sport can be a, a sense of escape or or you know i mean that offer them that that you know an, a, an outlet or something like that whereas then they step into you know all of a sudden they're stepping into uh, an age or a, a senior sport uh, they've got much more choice out there as well. Um, so it's really difficult as a coach to almost get that balance right for, for exactly what you're saying. It's, it's you're, you're trying to understand what they're motivated by individually, but then you're trying to, you know, I mean, uh, give some focus or, or some motivation to the group as a whole. So it's really hard, you know, that's, that's where, for, for what you're saying. And, and, and again, that's where understanding their strivings, understand, I think it's really important to for coaches just to get to know the athletes, ask them questions, wait for the responses, get to know them as a person first. You know, there's a lot of coaches out there and there's a lot of talk out there. You know, I mean, we're, we're coaching people. We're not, you know, we're not just coaching players. We're not just coaching athletes. We're actually coaching people. So understanding what's going on away from the field as well shall hopefully allow them and allow you as a coach to really offer them or, or, or prescribe to them an environment that they'll engage in. Because again, yeah, as grassroots coaches or community coaches, it's it's hard to get that sense of engagement or sense of motivation from the limited, sometimes limited time we get. Um, but yeah, for what you're saying, sadly, there's, just, there's no real quick or easy fix, isn't it? It's just a bit of time, understanding, connection, and and just building on it. And and I guess like like I, I speak to a lot of coaches, it's it's never been 
never put too much pressure on yourself, especially with the age grade coaches. It's, it is cyclical. You know, at the end of the day, that's, that's, you'll invest this time now to understand the players you have, and you might have a completely different cohort next year. So it's, it's really, again, it's just putting that investment of time to, to establish that connection, you know, I mean, fairly early. And, and again, just putting in that legwork to, to understand, you know, what, what, what makes them as a person, not solely as a player. So. Yeah. Let's, let's say like, at the end of the day, you are somehow over a long lasting time, you are able to develop this engaging environment and you able to increase the motivational climate in the mm. entire team. But then at the same time, you, as we have been spoken about, you still have the individual needs and you still have the goals that each individual wants to achieve their personal motivations or their personal strivings to put it in, in your words here as well. And um, what I want to ask here is that if you think about helping athletes to achieve their goals, their individual goals, um, mm -hmm. that is closely connected to their individual motivation, as we have been discussing in them, but there's there's one concept we all, I think, we are all conscious of, which we can use to help them with goal setting. And I'm, I don't, I don't want to dive into goal setting here now, but <laughs> what I, what I want to ask is that um, this is a very difficult development process from the coach's perspective so how do we actually i mean it's very difficult to help athletes mm -hmm. to achieve their goal and to really narrow down okay this is in the next weeks you're going to work this then we're going to have a follow-up meeting and going to see how it goes but do you have any advice how we can simplify this process for coaches because i'm asking this question because there's so much knowledge available and mm -hmm. you can feel quickly overwhelmed what to apply to be efficient yeah um that's yeah that's that's a great question yeah i mean really good um i guess oh like i guess it's that sense of you know reflective practice you know what i mean again it's it's as you said you you, you invest this amount of time invest this yeah uh, um you're trying to develop um, I guess, yeah, you're trying to develop, you're trying to bring along their motivations, you're trying to bring along, you know, I mean, a, a, a develop an environment where they can express themselves as athletes, but also um, be constantly progressing and constantly working um, as a cohort as well. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting to work with some coaching groups at the moment of this idea for reflective practice as well. So it's the idea of asking questions, understanding and, and actually building upon that as well. Um, gosh, you, you know, I mean, I guess it really comes back to, you know, I mean, I, I love to draw upon the idea of self-determination theory as well, where, you know, I mean, what, what elements of that can you offer an athlete as well? If you're offering them, you know, I mean, strands of, uh, strands of um, autonomy, you know, I mean, so if they can build on and develop their own environment, um, do they feel part of the group, you know, and do they feel they're gradually getting better? So, so as opposed to, you know, I mean, so if you're offering that type of environment for them um, or those elements of, from that type of environment for them then potentially they're getting better as well um but i i understand what you're saying and i guess it's just it's it, you know i mean it's it's hard to offer it's hard to quickly offer you know one type of framework isn't it as you said you know i mean it's just yeah to offer that type of where you know i mean you're developing or facilitating athletes to develop their own intrinsic motivation um, would be a really good place for coaches to start. As I say, that idea of self-determination theory is an example. Um, but again, it's, it's, you see so many coaches put so much pressure onto themselves. And again, it's, it's, it's being attuned and being aware and 
again, I, I keep wanting to come back to just, just understanding what's important to them. You know what I mean? Again, like we talk the likes of, you know, InvisX framework or, or a lot of other research papers that are out there. It's, I guess we sometimes as coaches or organizations lose sight of what's important to the athlete. Um, so yeah, it, it, I guess it's just that idea of reflective practice or, or, or questioning techniques to understand better what, what's important to them at, I mean, at, at this given time as well, because yeah, like we've seen, you know, particularly in my sport rugby union, the, the, the idea is again, if you're, if you're constantly fixated on or, or, or looking towards the, the technical tactical aspect of it, uh, and forget that or, or lose sight of that element of, of connection, um, with the athletes, then, then yeah, as I say, the sport will almost leave you behind, but yeah, to, as I say, sadly that, you know, I mean, I, I understand and appreciate what, you know, I mean, what you're asking for. And there is so much work out there of, you know, I mean, definitely even from sport to sport or just sport as a whole, just trying to understand how to better engage or better uh, motivate your athletes. But yeah, I, I, for me, it always comes back to your starts with just, just asking these questions and understanding, you know, I mean, what, what they're trying to get from their, from being involved in sport ultimately. So, hmm. Yeah. So. Is there, I, I kind of want to shift it a little bit here to, to the, the coaches standpoint. Did you look at the, the individual coaches at all during your research and kind of how, um, I guess maybe a, a better question to start this little, uh, subsection here is, was there any difference between each team of athletes? Like, did you find any themes in some teams compared to you know, different themes in a different team or anything like that? Or was it kind of across the board, the athletes were similar in their striving? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, across the board, yes, they were very, very similar. There was slightly different threads from, um, yeah, different playing, te- you know, I mean, different organizations, different playing teams, as an example, which correlated, funny enough, to their results and where they actually finished up on the table. Um, but overall, the the you know, there was a real sense of, um, so there's the, the players, all the players from all the, the playing states coded heavily for approach goals, which is they were trying to achieve something as opposed to, you know, and trying to avoid something or trying not to, um, you know, fail as an example. And again, there was, uh, particularly in their sport, as I say, there was the, a much, a heavy theme of this achievement coding where, um, they, again, it was a very individualized sense of achievement, but yeah, like across the board it was it, that was when involved in their sport you know i mean that that was it was interesting to see um for again for looking at it, it was fairly common right across the variation in striving themes away from rugby was vastly different um than it was for within sports so it was interesting to this as a snapshot for this uh, group of players that were there it was they stepped into sport to you know, I mean, achieve or, or, or tick off certain boxes or, you know, um, uh, achieve certain markers as an example. Um, but then when they left sport, that's all of a sudden they became these individuals and, you know, I mean, answered to different environments and, um, what, what, you know, what they responded to from the actual social ecology of life. You know, I mean, what, what they're offered or, or maybe give a true representation of, um, you know, what they're actually interested in as an example. So, so that's where I want to do a bit more research is you know, probably one of the big questions was uh, from, from this research was uh, did the fellas respond to the environments offered or did the environments adjust based on what they were looking for? That was sadly, and, and to come back to your initial question, there, there wasn't enough follow-up questioning with the athletes 
or any questioning done with the coaches, sadly, again, because of these time constraints. Yeah. Um, but that's, I'd love to do that in future. As, as you said, it's, it's again, trying to get this better understanding of, okay, we've got a snapshot of the, what these fellas want to achieve or, or, or the type of motivations they have within sport, but are they responding to, or is the environment offering as a result of what they're trying to get from it, which is, yeah, again, another million dollar question, sadly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, now I have a follow-up before I ask my original follow-up. So That's fine. you, you mentioned the, the themes of the different teams being kind of cor- correlated, but not maybe not causated. I don't know what the, I'm not, I haven't yeah. researched anything yet myself, no, but I'm starting to, <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the different themes being related to where they ended up on the table. Can you just open that up a little bit and, and what you found mm-hmm. with those? Yeah, look, uh, there was probably a bit more, um, approach achievement. Um, there was a lot less variation if that makes sense. So in the high performance season, it seemed, you know, I mean, for example, the top two teams, had a very you know definite theme you know I mean they were quite heavily in that achievement focus and an approach focus the the teams that possibly as I say it was only a competition of five states or you know I mean five competing teams but say the bottom two there was a lot more variations so possibly when they stepped into this high performance environment they were possibly you know I mean working off tangent from each other as an example um again hard to gather from the follow-up but what the data showed was, you know, the top two teams, very, very similar, very driven, very um, motivated, you know, I mean, to to achieve, you know, I mean, what was important ultimately for themselves, but for their, their playing group as a whole. And then possibly, you know, I mean, from the bottom two, there was a lot more variation in, in the striving codes as an example. So, so maybe, you know, getting slightly distracted or whatever. So we actually took, we took the data, um, it was around week four, so they had already played you know, uh, I think it was three, maybe four games already. So they had started to find their place on the table. So again, you know, was again one of the que- one of the big questions would be, is this variation in their striving themes as a result of the the you know I mean, their current position as an example, or did they you know did as a <laughs> which which came first essentially the chicken or egg you know what I mean because their their themes were slightly less. Um, congruent with the, the other players as well um yeah it, it would be hard so it'd be hard to understand so, so. of course yeah well I, I have my kind of the, the original follow-up which i think is now related to your answer there so yep. my my question there was do you think and and you may have answered it in your previous two answers but how much of an impact does the coach and the coaching staff have on the personal strivings of the athletes um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. It comes back to the point where we're talking about where they, they seen their coach, a lot of the, the language that we reviewed and a lot of the, um, uh, yeah, we, we, we tried to match up, you know, where they mentioned the coaches or the coaching within, within their strivings. And as I say, within, there was very little of it when they actually exited and went to the community rugby, there was very little talk of coaches within that. So again, that, that, that was interesting and we wanted to possibly investigate a bit more why, but certainly within that high performance section of the season, there was a lot of affiliation coded strivings where, again, they seen the coach as this resource. You know, I mean, they talked about him getting, there was a lot of talk of getting feedback. So again, they, they wanted this feedback. They seen their, their coach in a position of uh, importance, uh, possibly even power. Um, they wanted this feedback. They wanted to understand how they could you know, I mean, improve themselves. So again, it tied into their uh, achievement coded strivings, but 
But again, yeah, it, it didn't really have that level of connection that possibly we would look for from yeah from these coaching relationships. Um, and again, that's hard to say because these these uh, why you know I mean I'm trying to understand why it's um, at the end of the, some of these players enter into this high performance section of the season. Some may only be involved for one season, one year, so it's hard to develop this idea of connection with the coach as well. Um, maybe the coach didn't want you know again it's as I say it's only a an eight or twelve week season for this high performance section so didn't have time again the time constraints on developing this sense of connection but um yeah that there wasn't a lot from from the data that we we seen from from this research project um yeah there wasn't a lot of connection or there was certainly importance of the coach but then there is other work out there the likes of uh, Tristan Coulter and Cliff Mallet you know talking about you know strivings and 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 they've talked of the importance of a coach or or having that sense of connection uh, within a group and and they've done it with the likes of AFL teams where they are together for a much longer period of you know we're talking six maybe nine months of the year so that that idea of importance and again the coaches being attuned to what is important to them their strivings what they're typically trying to achieve what emotions or behaviors they're showing to achieve their goals all of a sudden becomes critically important. So, so yeah, that's, it's, that's the, the frustrating part again with research is it's, it's all contextual. It's true. You're trying to get a snapshot of time. And, and for my research, as I said, it just, we didn't sadly didn't see this importance or connection with coaches, but did they fulfill a role? That's, that's sadly where we missed out, you know, missed the, missed the chance to understand that better with some follow-up questions. So, so yeah, but good question again. So speaking again specifically about, individual motivation and personal striving so i think now we are heading to a way that hey this is actually their tools how we actually can increase the individual motivation but let's say the optimal case you increase the let's say first of all the motivational climate in the entire team but at the same time you're capable of increasing the motivation of each individual which is a master challenge 100 percent uh but anyway, let's say you're capable doing it. Um, it leads, I can, first of all, I can imagine this leads to a very strive uh, environment where everyone really wants to improve and a very mm -hmm. competitive environment. Um, but overall, do you think that this also leads to some kind of maybe unhealthy competition or is this purely healthy competition within the team then? if really everyone is dialed into 100%? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, it comes back to the dark arts of coaching, isn't it? It's, you, you know, gathering this information, as you said, and, and, and you rightly pointed out, at the end of the day, you can get... Yeah, your co yeah, you could get your overall group's motivations, you can get individual motivations, but I guess then it's you know in contextually how you use that as a coach, isn't it? Um, like you could negatively, I guess, um draw upon certain elements or, or certain themes that you know athletes might be motivated by or or what they're uh, even avoiding or, or not, you know, I mean, trying to avoid as an example. So, um, I, yeah, I guess for what you're saying, yeah, there, there, there could, there is the potential sadly to do almost pit people against each other. Um, you know, I mean, to use, oh, well, if you, if you understood one athlete's strivings and you, you tried to almost use that against another athlete, as an example, um, you could obviously negatively impact the, the, you know, I mean, the overall group's motivations where you're, you're all of a sudden you're pitting, you know, a couple of athletes against each other, but it's it's yeah it's it's 
it's hard to fathom, but I guess it does happen. You know, I mean, for us, you know, I mean, as coaches, you you want to understand their athletes. You want to, you know, I mean, you, you really do want to better understand them and, and, and assist them and trying to be the best athlete they can. But yeah, as you said, you know, I mean, whether it's creating, um, maybe it's an unconscious negative uh, impact through, as you said, you're, you're, you're trying to create this sense of competition. You're trying to create this, um, uh, yeah, the, the competitiveness within your within your group, so that they'll you know I mean ultimately raise each other up. But it could have all you know all of a sudden you you could be you know creating a psychologically unsafe environment as an example because all of a sudden they 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 feel they they can't all of a sudden they might lock up they won't interpersonally share with the coaches an example because yeah you you all of a sudden you pitted them you know pitted them against a, another athlete so. Yeah, I guess it's a really good point that you're saying. And it's it's always this type of information is always, you know, it, it's how it's used, I guess, is yeah, you know, get it, gathering the information is one part. I guess then it's how it's contextually used is is really important. And we must be we have to be aware as coaches how we can both positively and negatively impact our athletes based on, yeah, you know, as you said, how we communicate or how we use it with them. So so that's a great point, actually. Yeah. Do you do you know if coaches would have ever been in this situation? And if so, do you know how they solve the problem? In- no, it's not a, I mean it's a it's a positive problem but how how did they go about it do you know um I, I've worked with some swimming coaches who yes. again um as an example and, and again I guess swimming swimming for me is a really interesting because it is so individualized like you'll have swim squads and and they'll, they'll swim together and whatever but and I guess he he wasn't aware like he was like you're trying to suggest he was trying to create these stretch goals where he had you know, I mean, two or three swimmers and one was slightly better. They're all in the same, you know, stroke, you know, as an example. And he was trying to stretch the, you know, I mean, the two that were slightly behind one, uh, one of the swimmers, whereas they just coerced with each other and, and, you know, almost felt locked out. So he couldn't, he lost that point of connection with him. So again, was a really good um, coach in that he would, you know, he, he, what we look at as good coaching practice, you know, he was very aware, you know, first name basis knew what was going on we're talking age grade swimmers knew what was going on at school knew their demands at home you know had a very well-rounded understanding of them as a as a person as well as an athlete but then in as you said you know i mean as you pointed out like in trying to instill a sense of competition or in trying to uh, get them to almost you know raise themselves up and try and meet this challenge uh, internally within their squad actually had a negative effect so okay. he just he, yeah he just had to reflect on that and he had to go to so so what i suggested to him was it's always like again with swimming as opposed to you know medals are won against each other as an example but it's always about the clock you know what i mean it's the same thing as you said I, i'm sure it would be the same thing with you know i mean with runners and whatever again if you're always racing against someone you'll always find someone faster but it comes back to the clock you know i mean again it was trying to get to them so okay understand their their you know what what type of strivings it was for example in the pool and again there was always certain times these fellas would know oh i need to swim you know 50 meters in x number of seconds or something like that great well that's if, if the challenge is the clock if the challenge is within internally within themselves as opposed to externally with other athletes then He's not, you know, I mean, he, he, unconsciously, he's not going to create this negative um, uh, sort of interpersonal work with with other swimmers as well. He's not going to pit them against each other. Um, he's he's actually, you know, I mean, responding to and pumping up the the, the swimmers' tires as an example, as opposed to, you know, I mean, letting them down. So so yeah, so it's, it's a good point, as I say. That's that's 
I guess unconsciously or it's just being aware of the information you have and always again that reflective practice coming back to understanding reflecting on what's important for the athlete as opposed to letting your uh, almost in, in these naturalistic behaviors as a coach of we've got to get better we've got to win we've got to you know i mean it's it's being more aware of what the athlete actually what's important to them and what they're trying to achieve so but yeah it's it's a good point so it may be a little bit off topic in a way but how do you like in your in your own coaching and in everything like that in your own experience how do you approach an athlete that may have sort of i don't know if negative is the right term but just like different i don't know like different or negative uh strivings in terms of you know they're they're kind of in the sport for for different reasons and maybe this doesn't really happen at the elite level because at that level you're probably fairly motivated but you know at the mm -hmm. grassroots level at the uh, at the recreational level for example you know kids may not always be in sport for you know their own yep. choice or anything like that so it, it may be a little bit of a different topic but but what have you you know done there or anything like that to, to work with those athletes to help them you know come towards more of these approach mm -hmm. drivings and approach goals and everything like that Yep, that's a great question. Um, I was talking to some coaches about it just the other day as well. It's look, there wasn't a lot of avoidance strivings, like we said, you know, within the data I collected. So, so you know, not applicable. But it was of surprise, to be honest with you, for some of the coaches and and speaking to other people within sport that there was such a low percentage of these avoidance strivings because, as you said, it is out there. You know, I mean, there is there is a lot of athletes or a lot of players, you know, I mean, involved in sport who as you said, you know, I mean, get this, this um, sense of fear almost around, particularly around, you know, performance as well. They're, they're, as I said, the avoidance strivings is them trying not to do something. They're trying not to let their teammates down. They're trying not to, you know, I mean, do something particular in their sport as an example. So um, there is a lot of it out there. And I guess I just, I, I, I you know, I mean, I, I pull upon the likes of Carol Dweck's work where we talk about this idea of a growth mindset and trying to use a similar language around that. It's again, it's a matter of focusing on, you know, to call it the process or focusing on, you know, what, what you, again, what you are trying to achieve. It's leaning in the language like that as, as opposed to, all right, we, we can see you're not trying to let your teammates down, but if you try to, you know, I mean, what are you good at? You know, what what can you offer to the team? What do you offer? You know, what 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 positive impact can you have today? It's again, it's, it's trying to get them to lean in as opposed to lean out. Um, so for and again, this is this is where us as coaches, you know, I mean, and that's where I think it's a real benefit in understanding, you know, player strivings. If we can see where they have these avoidance strivings, where they're trying not to do something. And just reshape that language and go, well, how about, as opposed to not trying to let our teammates down, how about we try to communicate better, share our, you know, I mean, share what we're worried about, or, you know, we can put a positive spin and that's where we can intervene positively as coaches and trying to just reshape that language and, and, and just, you know, adjust those, those mindsets. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a good point. And that's where, as I say, there, there is a lot of, as you said, particularly in, you know, in grassroots where, as you said, there isn't possibly a high investment in time. So, so there can be this performance anxiety. Again, it's just, just reshaping that language and, and, and being aware as a coach, again, being aware of what you put out there. It's not, not about the performance. It's, you know, I mean, it's about certain markers. What, what do you want to achieve from it? Well, how can we do, 
that. And again, just, you know, I mean, going through it step by step. So, but yeah, it's a great question. You know, that's, that's, yeah, as I say, ultimately that's what, that's what we can do as coaches and being aware of what we can do as coaches is offer, offer a different perspective, different language and a different mindset around how they can, you know, possibly approach our sport. So, so yeah. I think that's, that's pretty interesting as well, because there's a lot of athletes like you just mentioned that have, they have for the most part an approach striving you know mindset right like they they want to improve they want to get better and everything like that but then there's a lot of athletes that maybe have one or two areas where they have more of an avoidance mindset mm-hmm. and and everything mm-hmm. like that so tying that into to the growth mindset and then dwight's work is is really interesting because but that's also it's it's much easier said like hey let's let's shift them into a, a growth mindset in this area mm-hmm. than it is to actually do it in practice especially when you're working with you know young athletes i, I would say it's it's mm-hmm. you have to use a lot of metaphors a lot of stories and, and really it's it's a process to get them to start to view it in that way i would say um yeah. and it it's but it's important of course and, and and it's not something to to not do just because it's a process but um anyway mm-hmm. i about <laughs> any like anything that we are not touching on here in your research or anything that uh, you know, from your study that you found that, that we haven't touched on yet that you think would be kind of important to mention here at the, at the kind of the end of the conversation? Um, not really. Look, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I'm obviously fairly passionate about, you know, the personal strivings element and, I, and what I believe it can bring to, um, you know, the sporting space and, you know, particularly age grade, you know, sport. I guess the, the important thing to, uh, to sort of reiterate and, and, and mention is the fact that, you know, the likes of strivings or understanding these, these, you know, I mean, um, ritualistic responses that, that these athletes will show to try and achieve these goals. It's, it's important to understand because they, they capture environment and motivational cues that they actually give a much more rounded picture of the athlete, which again, I think, I think sometimes we as coaches can, can overlook, you know, I mean, again, you know, athletes do step into this space, you know, I mean, of sport where they, they want us as coaches to to help and facilitate and help them grow and whatever. But again, it's being aware that there is, you know, having a better contextual understanding of whom, you know, what makes this person, um, what they're what they're driven by, what they can do as well. Again, you know, I mean, or what and what's going on elsewhere is really important and and, and something that's possibly missed or. Uh, or overlooked, I guess, you know, coming back to your point before, I guess sometimes, and without being too controversial, that, you know, avoidance strivings, if, if there wasn't coaching, you know what I mean, or if there wasn't coaches, then, you know, possibly would they even be, you know, prevalent in sport? You know, I mean, if it was solely, at the end of the day, it's a, a lot of coaching practices, we we overstep the mark on our, our technical, tactical, um, you know, advice or, or what's important again. So if the athletes were, you know, I mean, there, there's a research project in itself. If the athletes were left to themselves, you know, even as high performance athletes, don't get me wrong, there's obviously a lot of benefits, you know, I mean, for technical coaches and and, and and having these different ideas in various sports and whatever. Um, but again, you know, would athletes, when left to themselves, would they have a more wholesome attitude to sport? It's hard to know. Um, but I guess, yeah, it's again, just, and don't get me wrong, look, it's for coaches that putting in that legwork, and I say this a lot to, to, to the coaches I work with, putting in that legwork and understanding um, athletes on a more um, wholesome level is hard work. 
You know, I mean, the play. You know, I'm 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 not negating that. As I say, like for for some of the coaches listening, they might only have you know a contact time of about four hours a week with some of these athletes. So to try and get them and understand them on a on a deeper level, to call it that, um, is hard work. But I guess there's so much data and so much research out there to you know, I mean, to suggest that there's there's massive benefits for this. Um, that yeah, I guess yeah, the idea of for for you know, I mean, understanding characteristic adaptations or personal strivings for for my direct example, there's massive benefits to understand what what makes this player and makes this person when they're away from the field. So so yeah, you you just talked about contact time, and I know this mm. doesn't relate 100 to this topic as well, but this is um, this is a very uh, essential topic to talk about as well, and. Um, this is something that is very limited, especially in specific age groups and mm. then especially in specific teams. So how do we actually can increase the contact time with athletes in general? That's a great question. And and look, and and the beauty of it is like we're now living in 2021 as opposed to 1921. So there is, you know, I mean, I, again, I, there's a lot of coaching groups I know out there who do, you know, even especially in a post-COVID era, you know, we're talking Zoom, WhatsApp. There's a lot of ways to connect and, you know, I mean, and and, and understand. And um, I work with a couple of coaches who, you know, once a week they throw out, you know, I mean, random questions. You know, I mean, they, they throw out questions like last week it was, what Simpsons character would you be and why, as an example? Because then you, all of a sudden you get these answers back, like one of them was, Oh, I'd be, you know, I mean, Maggie Simpson because I'm the baby of the family. Oh, okay. So then all of a sudden I'm the baby of the family. How many brothers and sisters do you have? All of a sudden from the follow on questions, you actually get a bit better understanding and whatever um, without, as you said, eating up some of this contact time, you know, some of this practice time that we might have. So look, I, I, you know, I mean, I'd love to see a bit more sharing through like we're doing now through Zoom groups, WhatsApp groups, um, yeah, and again, bouncing things through the likes of Twitter, Facebook, and whatever, sharing things that are you know applicable or can really grab you know hold of the group. And I guess the important thing is as well to reiterate, like it doesn't need to be sports specific. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, actually, the more that you can share things that are important to you as a coach or a person, and share it with your players as well, to so that they can. If you can break down barriers and so show some humility and show some uh, genuine, uh, show, show some uh, real elements of yourself that the players probably wouldn't know or your athletes wouldn't know, um, you know, being around you on a field, then all of a sudden you'll get that response. You know what I mean? These ideas for connection, it's, it's really a two-way street. So for you to share of yourself, then you'll get more in response from your athletes. But yeah, I guess that's that's the beauty of it. You know, as I say, we have FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp. You know, I mean, we have 101 ways to connect. So I, I'm I'm sorry and sad to say that the excuses for coaches are getting less and less. But um, again, I, and, and don't get me wrong, it is still hard work. It's still time, to, you know, I mean, distracted from your families, from your jobs, from, you know, I mean, whatever it is, your, your responsibilities that you have. But we, we have ways to connect. All right, we have ways to connect and, and and to develop these interpersonal relationships with with our athletes, which which is important. We as coaches have a both a sense of responsibility and and a sense of privilege. You know what I mean? Like it's not, not a lot of people can you know I mean spend their time coaching and 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 yes, it is hard work, but it is a privilege sometimes to to be involved in sport. I say sometimes, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. I think that's a, a really good piece of advice there. And, and now for our, our final question, we ask it at the, the end of our 
episodes every time and and that's just if you have any any other pieces of advice or any any pieces or any tips for for coaches out there when when trying to use your research and and, and kind of maximize their understanding of their their athletes and everything like that yeah um look i always come back to one of, one of the first things i i talk to coaches is you know it's that famous saying um they don't they don't uh they don't care what you know until they know that you care all right so again that and that reiterates that, as I say, and that that draws a point. You know, I mean, if you're a, a CEO, if you're, you know, I mean, a, a manager, whatever it might be, and stuff like that. But it, it, it applies in the sporting space, obviously, as well. Um, you need to connect before you can correct. You know, and there's another saying. Again, it all ties into this idea of, at the end of the day, the athlete needs to know that you have their best interests at heart, and for them to open up and be willing to take this advice from you as a coach, they need to know that you have a, their best interest at heart, if that makes sense. So you've got to really, you've got to work on that sense of connection. It's, and again, it's hard, please. You know, I mean, coaches don't, don't let me think, you know, I'm not trying to diminish it. You know, like I'm not trying to say it's, you know, I mean, there's certain easy tricks or tips or ways for doing it. My research is just, you know, is one way that you can build a better understanding of, of, of your athletes, but there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of, um, um frameworks and, and and research out there for to better understand your athletes but ultimately it just it takes time you know what i mean it just takes time it takes time uh, you know it, ask these questions you know what i mean just wait for the response ask a second question you know really buy in you know that's a lot of good coaches and um we talk of uh, certainly in australia who are involved with you know high performance sport for a long long time it's this, you know, I mean, the same themes always run throughout. It's they take time to know their athletes. They show genuine care um, for their athletes, and and then they get the best out of them as a result. So, so yeah, like that. That's you know, again, yeah, for, for coaches, please do. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish it by any stretch of the imagination, but please just take that time. Take that time to connect. Take that time. You know, I mean, as as we were saying before, use WhatsApp groups. What use whatever ways. If if you sit in front of a laptop all day, fire some emails. If you, yeah, you know, if you drive a lot, make a few phone calls. Just use whatever tools you have to create a better sense of connection with your athletes. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a great piece of advice. So Johnny, thank you very much for, for joining us today and, and talking a little bit about your research and, and coaching the coaches and everything like that. So um, yeah, thank you. And, and, and best of luck uh, with the, the finalization of your, of your research paper and everything like that. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, really appreciate it. Love what you guys do. So thanks very much. Thanks again to Johnny for taking the time and joining us here today. It was a very pleasant conversation about the different types of strivings people have and how we actually can use the information to serve our athletes and that, that at the end we can actually increase the individual level so again this was a very good conversation about this topic um we got some really good perspectives on his research on his on on the blog he's writing all these kind of things and we hope that everyone who has been listening until he has been enjoying as much as we did and that you actually have been able to take something away for you for your own coaching and the first thing i would like to start on is just the just the definition of personal striving. And the reason why I want to start with this is because I, I really like to gather different definitions of different things. So really, really playing a little bit with language because at the end of the day, it's a really powerful tool we can, we can have as, as coaches. And 
what what he what he was saying that personal striving equals with realistic responses and it's not determined ultimately by success and i think this also um and this also goes back to the importance of actually striving for continuous improvement and not just seeing something short term and prioritizing winning at all cost attitude yeah yeah i agree and i think i think it's really important to define because you have you know it's very similar to to motivation right and it's kind of a different way to say it but but i it goes into that personality development right and 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 then that whole the three stages of that you know and and the going from zero to eight and acquiring the the trait the traits that you have and then you know around eight to twenty really trying to figure out how you fit into society and everything and then you know from 20 on it's more about you know the key life moments and, and everything like that so that's also a topic that i think would be really interesting to have on our show and i am i'm would be very interested to to explore that further with a whole episode on it by itself because it's really interesting but this idea of person or personal strivings for athletes and and how you know it 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 goes to the it goes to like what motivates athletes, what what gets them involved in their sport and everything like that. But it, it goes to the the growth mindset and and everything like that, as we mentioned towards the end of the episode, where it's like, you know, it, as you mentioned as well, it's not the outcome is not what defines it. You know, the the definition of it is is what you're trying to do, what you're striving for, and and I think that's really important for coaches to understand about their athletes. You know, and I think it was really interesting how. In, in Johnny's research, he was he was finding that, you know, at the fairly elite level under 20 of rugby union, he was finding that they had mostly individual approach strivings. You know, they, they wanted to achieve things for themselves. They wanted to, to reach goals for themselves, develop themselves and get better themselves. And of course, you know, they they had that. Um, aspect sorry i'm kind of like lost in my thoughts here but they had that aspect of of being together and everything like that but for the most part they had that individual approach striving and and i think it was really interesting as well um the the difference between the the top teams on the table and the bottom teams on the table and how there was less variety in in strivings because you you say we we talk about it all the time like for teams you want to be kind of achieving a common goal, right? You want to have a common goal for the teams and everything. But it seems almost here that they had a kind of a common goal, but the common goal was individual, like individual development, individual growth and everything like that. But there was less variation in that. So that's really interesting. And I, I think that's really, um, you know, working towards that coaching the individual within the team and really bringing those two pieces together. I think also what you just said that goes back to what Johnny has been explaining to our to us in our episode that at the end of the day it's about developing an engaging environment where actually everyone has the possibility to actually develop his or her intrinsic motivation and then I also found it very interesting when we when we started to speak about hey is is, is there actually something that if if both motivational aspects increase from a team perspective and from an individual perspective there is there actually also something that is a little bit like a unhealthy 
competition within the team because everyone is just so engaged. Of course, it's it's one hundred percent positive, but and that's why I found it very good that we actually touched on this topic and he was actually also able to provide a practical example that with one one swimming coach he was kind of in that situation and that but it was really beneficial to hear that how this swimming coach actually went about this that he actually first of all he recognized okay there's something happening but how do i actually get my swimming athletes back into an environment which is beneficial for everyone and does does not do any harm to the entire atmosphere inside the swimming squad yeah, I think that's really important to note. And it was a really interesting piece of the conversation, right? Like, what do you do with the knowledge of your athlete's goals, you know, and, and, and how do you as a coach, once you have that information, you know, how do you use it to your advantage in terms of, you know, in terms of furthering your connection with the individual and for, in terms of furthering your relationship with the individual, but then, and, and uh, sorry, now I'm choking on words, but and then you know, how do you how do you use that information to further the athletes push to that to that goal to that to that striving, right? Like, how do you use that to push them up to that level and everything like that? So it was a really interesting piece of the conversation for sure. And I, I think, you know, there are ways to do it kind of negatively, as we were talking about a little bit. And, and then how do you how do you turn that into a positive like that that swimming coach did and everything like that. So a really interesting piece for sure. I think, you know, I think that that shows a lot as well, the impact that coaches can have on the strivings of their athletes, right? Because if, if the coach creates an environment from an early age, that is very outcome oriented, very kind of avoidance oriented, and, and athletes are afraid of making mistakes, they're afraid of failing, they're afraid of letting down their coach, their parents, their teammates, and everything like that, then they're going to have more avoidance strivings, right? More, more want to avoid, you know, letting someone pass them to score a goal or score a try or, or whatever the terminology is for rugby. That's a little lacking for me, but um, it, it, I think it, it, it goes that deep, right? Like it, it really, from, from an early age, like what kind of environment are they on? What, what kind of environment are they in? What's being, sought after what's being kind of rewarded is it the the process or the outcome and everything like that and you know it, it's really interesting the the impact that that coaches can have and and how and how that you know might differ between athlete to athlete because each athlete can respond to the coach individually and, and now i think i'm just rambling but it, it it's got a lot of thoughts going in my head so that's why in this reflection i'm really struggling to kind of uh, encapsulate one because there's a lot of different things moving in in my head right now when it comes to these these strivings and 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 the research we talked about today. And I think also this whole like our whole conversation today that goes also back that actually increasing the personal striving or in different words increasing the individual motivation of each individual goes back to like something what we discussed at the end that actually it's about that first of all we need to make sure as coaches that we use whatever we have to invest in the personal connections with our athletes because yeah. that at the end of the day as johnny said that first of all it shows that um we really care about them and that we want to connect with them and that we show just interest in just in general in them in their life in their academic pathway in their sports pathway everything about i mean this can be an essential factor in 
increasing the personal motivation of a player or of an athlete. So that needs to be considered as well. It's not just about actually using certain tools. I mean, we both love team building activities 100%, but then there are other ways of investing in the environment to create a purposeful and engaging environment to increase the motivation, first of all, for everyone, but then also for every every single player. Yeah. And I think an important piece there is is building that connection, right? You mentioned using all the tools and, and I like how Johnny said it, like there's no excuse for coaches really anymore to not yeah. build that connection. And, you know, his quote there at the end or, or one of the quotes that he shared at the end was connect before you correct. And I, I think that's really important when you think about these ideas of strivings, right? Like when you understand what your athletes want to get better at, what they want to, you know, achieve, what they want to just kind of grow in, then it, it also helps you formulate, you know, those corrections. But if you just go up to a, an athlete and, and try to correct them, you know, without really knowing them, without really knowing what they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve, then, then, you know, you're not, you're not really taking in the athlete's motivation into account and everything like that. And, you know, just my, my overall point there is that when you, when you know your athletes, when you know what they're trying to get better in, what they're, when you know what they're trying to achieve, the corrections become easier to give, in my opinion, right? Easier to, to focus, easier for the athlete to say, okay, hey, he, he learned what I care about. He learned what I want to know more in, what I want to get better in, and now he's, he's helping me in that way. And, of course, there's still probably a negative way to give those corrections and everything. You still need to take into account the language and the, the body language and everything that you use when you're you know, correcting athletes. But I think that's a really important piece that, that Johnny brought up. And, and again, I, I just really like that there's just no excuse anymore um, for coaches not to invest in knowing their athlete. There's a ton of different ways to do it. And, and of course, and being from the States, you also have to take into account like the the cultural differences and, and what's allowed by law and what's not allowed by law. But, um, you know, it's, it's very, um, I think very crucial to, to try everything that you can to build up that connection with your athletes. 100% agreed. And I don't think I have anything to add anymore. Again, this was a very, um, we touched on a lot of different topics here today. I mean, the whole, the whole conversation I think was still based about increasing the, individual motivation or uh, maxim maximizing helping athletes to maximize their personal striving but again this was um, a very fresh perspective on how to do it yeah yeah and really understanding like how do we understand and and, and why athletes are participating in sport so yes. anyway thanks again to to johnny everyone go check out uh the links down in our show notes go check out coaching the coaches uh, great resource, lots of good blogs, lots of good podcast episodes from Johnny. So go check that out. And then also on Thursday, our first day of the conference. So register down below in the show notes and we'll, we'll see everybody then. Uh, but until then, uh, enjoy the next couple of days and then we'll see everybody on Zoom on December 2nd. All right. Bye.